Wine, Food, Talk. NapaBroadcasting.com. Thanks for joining us on NapaBroadcasting.com. In spite of a small minority of noisy naysayers in this valley, we have many, many winery owners and vintners who work hard, play by the rules, and give back so much to the community that they are a part of. They don't do this giving back because they have to. Many have been successful in other endeavors and have already given a lot and could easily just settle into life in Napa. But they do it because they believe deeply in their community and because they could never imagine being a part of something where they didn't give something back. My guests today, Catherine and Craig Hall, are the embodiment of that attitude. Catherine Hall is the proprietor of Hall Wines and Walt Wines. She's been involved in the California wine industry since her family first purchased a vineyard back in the 1970s. She's had a distinguished career as a businesswoman, as an attorney, as a community activist, and as the United States ambassador to Austria. She has served on numerous nonprofit boards addressing issues related to social care and mental health. Craig Hall is the chairman and founder of Hall Financial Group. He's a lifelong entrepreneur and investor. In addition to the vineyard and winery business, his interests include real estate, venture capital, technology, and hotels. He's the author of five books. He's a lifelong art collector and a one-time part owner of the Dallas Cowboys. It is my pleasure and honor to welcome Catherine and Craig Hall to the program. Catherine, Craig, thanks so much for being here. Well, thank you so much for having us. What a lovely introduction. Well, that was so kind. Well, thank you so much. It's a delight to have you here. Craig, start with you. Talk a little bit about when you all came to the Valley and a little bit about the evolution of uh, the Hall Winery. Well, actually, we um, it seems like uh, just yesterday, but it's been 20 years now. And this is our 20th year. We came here in 1995. Uh, but uh, Catherine's uh, family uh, uh, grew up uh, many generations of uh, Northern California, Berkeley, and, and San Francisco. Uh, and they actually uh, started out in Mendocino with the vineyard, so preceded our, our activity together. But we, we decided we wanted to find the very best grapes and have our own vineyard. And uh, Napa Valley, of course, is the best place, uh, in our view, in the world for grapes. So that's why we're here. And Catherine, what was the appeal? I mean, your family was in the wine business, obviously. What was the appeal at this point, 20 years ago, to, to want to get in this business in the Napa Valley? Uh, it was always my plan to be in this business, and in a way I never left, because very young age, I started getting involved in the management of my family's uh, vineyards. But uh, why we came to Napa specifically is because we wanted to make Cabernet, and I really think there is no place in the world that can make Cabernet in the style that we want to make it, as well as Napa Valley. So um, that's what really brought us here when we had the chance to come. And and the idea for me of ever living away from this industry is just, well, it's just unthinkable. <laughs> I mean, I think it's, it's a lifestyle, it's a love. I mean, I love the dirt in general. Just being around dirt, I think, makes everybody a better person. Um, in particular, being around vines. And tell us a little bit about the winery when you first started it 20 years ago and uh, a little bit about how it's evolved over the years. Catherine? Oh, my gosh. It, it really has evolved. And we sort of, uh, it's grown very organically. We, we laugh a lot. Organic has a lot to do with the way we farm organically, but we also really feel we've grown organically. So we came originally with the idea of making 
fabulous cabernet, and we wanted to have a um, hillside vineyard, which we found after a couple years of searching, and then uh, built a small winery up near our house in Rutherford, and uh, that was great that I think with the idea of producing about 7,500 cases of, of wine, and then that grew. We, we just, we loved this more and more. Craig uh, grew to love this life too, which was just tremendously exciting for me. I think he first came, he can speak for himself, but I think he first came love of me, and then that sort of grew into love of this place as well. And then we happened upon this wonderful location on Highway 29, which really Craig discovered as he was driving on the highway one day, and uh, researched found out that it was possible to purchase, and that, after many years of travail, uh, became our St. Helena facility. And then all of a sudden, we catapulted from a 7,500 case per year, approximately, production winery to one considerably larger, or with the potential to become considerably larger. So we didn't set out to have a larger winery, but it just grew in that direction. But what has stayed the same from the beginning has always been that we wanted to create the best quality wine, we knew how to do it, and we wanted to do it at a reasonable value. I think there are a lot of different ways you can be in this business. I mean, you can make fabulous cult wines here that are terribly expensive and very small in quantity, but that's that wasn't really of interest to us. We wanted to do something that was more approachable, um, both in terms of the style of the winemaking, but also in terms of who can buy it and enjoy it. And Craig, talk about that from a business perspective and how the business of, of winemaking and the business of selling wine has changed over the, the 20 years you've been doing this and how you've had to adapt to that as the winery has grown and changed and trying to keep those principles that Catherine was talking about. Well, uh, it has changed a lot, as you, as you say, Gap. Uh, first of all, uh, the, the wine business for many people in Napa, uh, you sell to a distributor and the distributor sells to a restaurant or a store. And that's a very difficult business because your price that the, the actual producer, the winery gets, is uh, about half of what it would uh, be in a store. And because of that, um, there's a real squeeze on margins, and it means that uh, it's very hard to hire people. It's hard to make that model work, and that was the model that uh, has existed in Napa for many, many years. What's changed is, through a lot of legal and other uh, reasons, now we can sell directly to people all over the United States, and for the most part, there are a few exceptions, we can ship legally to people almost anywhere in the U.S., and that is really advanced the business and enabled many people, including ourselves, to look at new models and to look at the internet and technology. So it's partially legal changes and it's partially technology. And all of these things together have taken uh, the business in a new direction that I think is really good for the Valley. It's, it's uh, great for employment. It helps uh, keep the industry vibrant. Uh, absent that, I think the, the economics are very, very tough. With that, it's still a hard business. It's a, a business that has uh, many moving parts. You're farming, you're producing, uh, you're manufacturing in a sense, 
and then your marketing, and uh, you have to keep track of all that. So it's a, a real exciting, fun, and uh, challenging business, and it's got some of the nicest, best people in the world uh, working on it. So the fellow vintners in, in Napa are just uh, terrific people. Yeah, can I, I, I would add to that. that uh, another change, with two other changes that we've, really, we've seen over, over time is the increasing um, globalization of the of the wine market. I mean, our competitors are not the people down the street. I mean, I think Bob Mondavi recognized this, but it really is so obvious to all of us now. I mean, our competition is worldwide. And so what, uh, and not local, but um, what our industry has to do, I mean, from the, those of us here in Napa in the industry, I think we have to create uh, relationships with our consumers. Um, I mean, this is an advantage that we have over a great producer in France or Italy or South America or Australia is that we can create personal ties because we're here. And so I think this is really generating a lot of change within the industry, both for us but everybody else in Napa, where we are recognizing increasingly that this is so much about the experience and the building of a relationship. And in many cases, it's the relationship with the vintners. Talk a little bit, Catherine, you first, and then Craig, about how personally the two of you are involved in, in the winemaking operation and the visitors and the brand and all aspects of it. Well, it, we are involved. And I mean, I'm office at the winery, and I'm there pretty much every day. Um, we are... Um, we have a fabulous winemaking team, and we we do sit in and participate. Um, I think honestly, the participation is more kindness on the part of the team than to us, <laughs> but but we love it, and and I it's it's really the a great wine is really the sine qua non in in the in our business. I mean, all the other everything that comes around it, the experiences, the marketing, the all of that is not if we don't have fabulous wine at the heart and, and lucky for us we have a great vineyard team and a great winemaking team and they are very in both cases in the vineyard and in the cellar both very experimental um in terms of the marketing i mean i'm on the road about four months of the year uh talking about our wines talking about napa doing wine tastings and dinners and trainings to restaurants and consumers around the country, and then to a lesser extent, but also overseas, particularly in Asia. And, and, and Jeff, I guess from, from my perspective, um, uh, we try to both um, be involved and know when to uh, hand over decision-making to others. And um, we, we know, we encourage uh, a risk taking by our team and you know starting with uh, Mike Grouse who's our president, uh, Steve Lebeck who's our, our head winemaker. Um, uh, we have just a great team uh, in, in, in all, all kinds of areas and we encourage them to uh, push themselves to their limits and to try new things and um, part of the fun of this is that it's a very entrepreneurial uh, business and part of what we're trying to do is is create opportunities for people to grow and express themselves and um, 
And that's really that's really a pleasure. It's just uh, it's great to see people's careers blossom and and to be kind of a cheerleader and a coach. That's that's really our our role. You know, I think that's why this in this business will all always ultimately belong to family businesses. I mean, there are, I've seen over my lifetime big companies come in and big companies leave, and uh, but the at the end of the day, it's uh, it's family businesses that can take the are willing to take the risks and who look at this business not from a one year or even five year return, but in terms of a legacy and um, making money. But you can project your um, um, your your business plan out on a much longer scale. Craig, talk a little bit about the visitor experience at Hall. You have on the property one of the oldest buildings in the valley and, and, and a beautiful brand new building among all the other things there. Talk about that. What we tried to do uh, is, is create uh, an environment that was respectful to uh, Napa's history. And we took the original 1885 uh, building that was built by a sea captain named William Peterson and later, uh, his name was chiseled off by the second owner, a guy named Bergman, uh, Bergfield. And uh, so we took that building, we completely restored it, and then we built uh, what we uh, believe, in many ways, was the best mezzanine kind of gravity flow winery in a modern area, and set a tasting room uh, that both viewed the winemaking part and also viewed uh, Napa Valley and. Uh, nature and and really we're all about the gardens and all about Napa. Uh, we we um, we have a lot of artwork. We believe all all, all kinds of things uh, add to the experience. Certainly, as as uh, Robert and Margaret Mondavi set the stage, food goes with wine. So we try to have some limited number of events where limited uh, as everybody is. But really, it's all about the the beauty of Napa and the experience of just having a glass of wine, learning a little bit about how it's made, and enjoying uh, a, a nice afternoon. That's that's uh, that's what starts a relationship that somebody continues to buy Napa Valley wines, not just ours, but ours and others. And that's what we really need in this valley to keep uh, people employed and to keep business going, ours and others. And, and speaking of art, either one of you, talk a little bit about the rabbit that so many people see as they go by and uh, have come to appreciate. <laughs> it's fun, isn't it? So it's the when, best. Um, when our kids were very little, I used to walk through my parents' vineyard with them, um, and we would sing. We would sing two songs. Actually, we would sing this Mister Rogers song about. Some are fancy on the outside, some are fancy on the inside. Everybody's fancy, everybody's fine. And this other song, which was Little Bunny Foo Foo Hopping Through the Vineyard, Scooping Up the Field Mice and Bopping on Ahead. And so we thought, it, I mean, rabbits are in every vineyard everywhere, and the idea of not having just a little bunny foo foo, but having a great big bunny foo foo was pretty exciting. And always sort of Right at the back of our mind. I mean, we think art should be fun in any event, and this is certainly a fun idea. And then we saw this great rabbit over at the Sacramento airport that Lawrence Argent, the, um, the, uh, the sculpture, sculptor who's from Australia but lives in Colorado, works in Colorado now. 
had done, which we just loved. And so we contacted him to see if he might be interested in doing something for us. And luckily, he was. And not only that, but he's got his own sense of humor. So whereas a lot of artists don't want you to mess with their art, you know, uh, Lawrence is fine that we can make bunny food for this time of year, for example. He's he's off the red nose right here, you know, and he had a Halloween hat a couple months ago. So he's um, Lawrence has become a friend as well, but he's just he's a great artist, and and we totally love his rabbit. Although we know at the beginning not everybody did. One of the things, as I mentioned in the introduction, and I want both of you to talk a little about this, is that you've both been very involved in so many community activities, not only making the winery available for so many events, but also very personally getting involved in so many community activities in and around the Valley. Catherine, talk a little bit about some of the things you've been involved in and why you think that's important. Um... One of my great loves, well, I'm sitting on the board of the uh, of legal aid here in the Valley, uh, which is very near to my heart because I was a legal aid lawyer many years ago, and because I think it, I mean, at the heart of pretty much every uh, issue that comes out of um, the the needy part of our population, there is some legal aspect. And some legal right that needs to be enforced or uh, or considered. So anyway, legal aid is something that we've been very involved in. And then, at least for me, also always um, over the years, women and family issues um, are very important. So we try to support those. Oh, goodness, I don't know. Dogs, Humane Society. We love the Humane Society. We, we love the uh, Humane Society. Can, uh, you know, Jeff. One of the things that we, we uh, in I, I think both of us are a little uncomfortable kind of just going through mm-hmm. all of the groups we, we try to support, but we, we really believe, and, and I think there are a lot of good people in Napa that that help others, and, and we believe that wineries, many wineries, ours being one of them, uh, do a lot to help others. You know, there's a movement now in Napa Valley by a, a small group, I think, to really limit um, uh events at wineries. And uh, unfortunately, if you're a winery and you have uh, a very limited number of events, unless they allow nonprofit events to be not counted or to be uh, more available, I think that that a lot of nonprofits are going to be uh, unintended uh, collateral damage to some of this uh, effort that the uh, Board of Supervisors has. Um, I'm really concerned, uh, I think we both are, about um, how wineries are going to be so restricted that they won't be able to help Napa, uh, Napa nonprofits, and and uh, that's going to be a, an unfortunate day. It's, it looks to me like it's going in that direction. And events, nonprofit events, have really been a big part of, of some of the stuff that you've done there. I mean, you've made the winery available for uh, many nonprofits over the years. We have, and, and some you get uh, what's called a special use permit, but you're limited in those. And everyone today uh, is going to be looking at uh, being very, very precise to very limited uh, events. And I don't think uh, the ability of anyone to get uh, uh, special permits at this point for uh, nonprofits is, is the way it really should be thought about. I, I'm, I'm uh, going to urge a lot of people to think about nonprofits as being 
uh, different. It's like on your federal tax return, when you give money to a nonprofit, you get a tax deduction. Similarly, when you do something for a nonprofit here, you shouldn't be penalized. You should be rewarded. It should be a positive thing to help others, not a negative thing. Mm-hmm. Currently, the way the, the laws and the restrictions and the whole attitude right now uh, of, of the uh, direction of, of things is to restrict everything. And if you restrict nonprofits, you hurt people, and that's not fair. So if you are... Um one is penalized in the sense that if you have an event for a charity, then you um, that restricts your ability to have other a for-profit event. Um, one of the ones that we love having at the winery every year, and I sure hope it can continue, is the it's what we call the Cab Cook-Off. We've given it now several years, and we have a lot of co-sponsors from other businesses in the valley as well. But where um, different uh, nonprofits in the valley pair off with chef teams and then they create dishes with Cabernet that are judged by a set of professional chefs and by the uh, people who come and we raise money and we've been able to really put a lot of, make a lot of contributions from ourselves and also from other people who attend the event too. To 20 different organizations locally and they're all smaller, not, you know, they're not the household big names that raise money easily. They, we, we go through a wide range of, of organizations. Mm-hmm. And finally, talk a little bit, each of you, Craig, you first, a little bit about the future of uh, Hall Winery, some of the things that, that you're looking forward to over the coming years. Well, I think what we're looking forward to is to continue to push the envelope on making the highest quality wine possible that can really represent Napa Valley and can show uh, the best uh quality of, of what the grapes are here and how they can be processed to make an unbelievable quality wine. And we're going to do that by uh, reinvesting uh, and putting the, the money back into uh, all aspects of this technology, the facility. And a lot of things are changing in the wine business that are going to help make better and better wine, and we want to be part of that. That's our, our kind of number one goal. I think uh, right behind that is trying to um, see that we have a good uh, environment for our employees and the opportunities for our employees and their families to do well, and then to represent the overall community and, and our experience that we provide to the guests that come to Napa Valley. And Catherine, the last word. Ah, well, let me say, <laughs> I totally agree with what Craig said. I mean, we are very hopeful about being able to continue to do um, business and to grow, but to grow in a way that is responsive to our employees, to our customers, and to the Valley. Um, We are very, very lucky to be living here, and one of the luckiest things about that is just knowing how lucky we are. And I think along with that comes this responsibility to be respectful of the land that is the source of at the core of everything we do, and of the community. So we will um, try to do our best and to seek and support that balance that we started off talking when we first started talking with you, um, that we think Napa Valley so needs in order to grow, to stay an agricultural community, to not be a, a, a commuter home site for people who live here and commute to other locations, but to 
maintain our agricultural roots and to continue to make the best wines, I think, in the world. Catherine and Craig Hall, I thank you so much for spending time with us today on Napa Broadcasting. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to NapaBroadcasting.com, Napa Valley Radio for the way we live now.